Welcome to Off Grid Ireland podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Patrick E. Walsh. Patrick is an accountant and he started to know a disturbing, a notice a disturbing pattern in the obituaries on RIP.ie. Uh, this is Patrick's story. Um, please don't forget to share and refer our podcast to other people and like. And if you'd like to support us, you can below. With, you can buy us a coffee or you can sign up to a membership. We also have a partnership with a t-shirt company and they do really awesome t-shirts for uh, helping to start conversations and wake people up. Thanks for all the support, guys. Welcome to Off Good Ireland podcast. Um, tonight, we're delighted to be speaking to Patrick E. Walsh. Um, Patrick, would you like to give us a, an introduction to yourself there for those who might not have seen some, some of your work that you've put? Okay, Gavin. Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me on, and um, I'm looking forward to putting this stuff out here with you. Um, my name is Patrick Walsh. I'm from Thomastown. It's about 10 miles from Kilkenny City. It's a small town. I've lived here all my life, and I've worked in Kilkenny City all my life as an accountant. That's about 39 years of working in there with two different employers. So I think that says a lot about me. I'm a Kilkenny man. I'm proud of it. And... Uh, that in itself formed a basis to where, where we're going to go and, and to why I, I started looking into Kilkenny debts. But uh, the, what I want to try and say about myself, first of all, is I'm just an ordinary person. I've never been involved in political parties or anything like that all my life. I'm 56 years of age and I've never been involved in you know, any public stuff like this before. So this, this, this is not me kind of following the threads of my life, trying to be out there, wanting people to ask me to do this and that and the other. I, this is all new to me. And uh, I'm glad to do it, but uh, I'm just an ordinary person. That's all. And I've nothing more really to say about myself other than that. Well, you were you said you were you were in the accounting business, so you, you know what facts and you know what figures look like in percentages and <laughs> you're well able to read, um, well, read the figures, I suppose. That's that's true, Gavin, and that that is important to me. I've I've worked in the counties all my life, and I always had something in my head for figures. I can see patterns in them. I can spot stuff quicker than other people when you're trying to find differences or stuff like that. I, I definitely have something with figures in my head. Whether I, I don't know what that says about me. And as someone said to me previously, if if uh, if the person coming up with the, these figures was a uh, you know, wasn't an accountant. The fact that I'm an accountant adds a certain authority to the figures. It really shouldn't, but it does. Because people say, oh yeah, he's an accountant, he must know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I do and maybe I don't, but it definitely adds authority to, to what's going out there. And uh, and that helps in, in getting the story out there. Yeah, no, yeah, most definitely it does. Um, started off then, I suppose, I have it down here that we should talk about, like kind of coming into the pandemic. Um, what way you were in, in like, are you um, are you a skeptical type of person, or what was your kind of journey with the with the pandemic, like from start to finish? Kind of when did you first hear about it? Were you nervous, or uh, you know, what what was your story around that? I didn't believe it from the first minute, Gavin. Um, a good few years ago. I basically, I was always interested in um, current affairs and all that sort of stuff. But a good few years ago, I realized mainstream media were basically um, PR departments, going back six or seven years. And I read a book by someone one time 
and I can't remember his name, but he basically said to create to create more less negativity in our life, stay away from newspapers, TVs, news, all this sort of stuff, because it gets into your head without you even thinking. And that's what I did about seven or eight years ago. So when I was always maybe a day or two behind and, you know, I'd go into work and someone said to me, oh, they're dropping dead in Italy now or they're this, that and the other. So I was always a couple of days behind. But from the very start, I said, this is nonsense. And for different reasons, they were all coming out with the same lines of, you know, you know, build back better. And then, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. And no matter what country in the Western world, the same people coming out with the same lines. And your newspapers were just running with it. No one was questioning anything. So straight away, I said, I do not believe it. This is, this is a flu of some sort of other. And whatever is going on, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it wasn't real. And that was my starting point. And I never changed the whole way. Fair play to you. I was kind of, um, I was kind of watching it early on in uh, China and that on YouTube. And it was before, there was nothing here. There was no lockdowns or anything. And nobody wanted to know about it. And I was... I was kind of worrying about it, Jez, you know, this looks serious. Um, all the propaganda, I suppose, that was being spewed. But um, yeah. I was nervous initially because obviously I have kids and that. And uh, But I, I, was, I was that nervous that I actually looked into it. I looked in to see how dangerous it is, case fatality rate, you know, all of that. That's how interested I was is to find out how dangerous it was to me and my family. And I, I quickly realised it, was, um, it wasn't what they sold us originally. <laughs> but... Um, what um? How did you find the whole rollout with the vaccines and stuff? Did you were you nervous about all that? I know I was with the with the way it was going there for a while. Well, yeah, I I, I mean uh, at the start when I saw it coming, again I said straight away, all right, this this hasn't been tested, so it's experimental. No matter what way they try to cover it up with experiment, you know, uh, certain authority out in the, the FDA, experimental use authority, I think was the phrase they were using. But basically, that, that's all stuff to hide the fact that the tests hadn't been done on these vaccines. And what usually would take seven or eight years was being rolled out in seven or eight months. And at this stage, I just said, you know, I, I had no conspiracy theory about they were trying to do this or that or the other. I just said, I do not trust this. I didn't mean, when I say that I didn't trust it, I didn't it's not that I thought they were trying to do bad. I just said they can't know. They cannot know how this is going to turn out. And from the start, I just I wasn't going to do it. And um, my partner wasn't going to do it. And, and, and that was important because without, without us supporting each other, it would have been very difficult. I, I, I can understand families breaking up over that sort of thing. Um, because we, we, you know, we, we are children as well, and you, you just have to, you have to support each other in these things. But if there was two contrary, contrary point of view there, I, I'm not sure how people could handle it. But I had no doubt in my mind there was no way I was going near this, for the simple reason it it wasn't it wasn't tested. It couldn't have been tested, and that was it. I didn't trust it, and I was never going there. And that that was an easy choice to make. And I, of course, I, I, all the details that came out after that people looking into it, I mean, that just reinforced my opinion. But that doesn't mean, I don't look back and say, I knew so much more than everyone else. How great am I? No, I just said straight away, this thing isn't tested. Go on there. Simple as that. Now, you couldn't, you, if you remember, Gavin, you could not say that back out, out loud back then. 
like people in my family, extended family, did go and get it. And, uh, but I couldn't have said that stuff out loud. And, and I think you, you, you would realize that as well. We're, we're talking in different times now. But back then, you said that out loud. People, are, you know, you, anything could be said about you. No, it caused um, murders in, in different families because um, I, I was running the chats here and we had guys come in absolutely distraught. Um, they were back, you know, in their 40s or mid-30s living in the parents' house and the wife down the road with the kids, you know, tre- threatening that, she, you know, maybe they'll be they'll be brought for the vaccine, maybe they won't be. And that's not just one case. There's at least three or four people that I know from first-hand experience that have broke up their marriages. So that's like, that's very real. And um, yeah, and you couldn't open your mouth about it. You'd be nearly attacked. And they had all the buzzwords from the media as well. Do you know what I mean? Or, you know, I think it was you know protecting your granny or oh, yeah. you know all this shite. And they were trying to use the the seatbelt example as well about not getting it, as if you know if you like as if my seatbelt is going to protect you, you and all. you know if you don't get it, if you don't get it, I won't be protected. It was absolutely insane. Absolutely but it, insane. But Kevin, but it, it, it was fear porn. And anyone that was engaging with the television or the radio or the newspapers, it was just being battered into their brain. And you were, it was a guilt trip put on you, like you said, you have to save the grannies and save this and that and the other. And it, it was shocking. I mean, there's, there's no middle ground on, on something like this, Gavin. This is either, you, you either thought it was safe or you, or you didn't. And if two people with a family are di- on different points of view, I mean, how, how could you stick together? How could you share the same house if one of them says, I'm bringing the two children down to get their injections today and you're saying, oh, my dead body. I mean, it's just, it split families in two and, and it must have been, it, it, it's just shocking what it did around the country. And the, the fear and anxiety levels and keeping everyone off balance. And I don't know if it was, like you said, we can't say these things were done intentionally, but like, you know, the, a lot of the, the laws were absurd. You know what I mean? You had to get the, the meal if you wanted a pint in a pub or you know closing off half the the shop like for you know children's toys and stuff just absolutely insane things and then they said the masks were good or no they said masks were ineffective at dr fauci and uh luke o'neill and that a week later oh no you know the science has evolved as leo Riker would say uh they actually do work and i just felt it in, highly insulted because when they said they didn't work i had actually took fucking five or ten minutes out of my day to go and do a bit of research and so I was comfortable enough when they said that the, the masks were ineffective, like Fauci and them in the beginning. I, I'd researched that. When they said that, I'd looked into it. I think, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Two weeks later, no masks do work. I was like, no, I've, I, I looked into this now <laughs> two weeks ago. They don't work. So I, just the whole thing was um, psychological trauma for everybody. Well, I, I, think. I, Anyone... I think, Gavin, I, I, I have no doubt it, that was, um, uh, as they call it, a psychological operation. Basically, to you know, excuse the language, but to fuck with people's heads, you know, like the nine euro meal and the mass swatting the donut. And you can imagine, uh, all like it's grand of me saying, you know, it's a psychological operation. I, I was able to handle it, but all the people at home, uh, people I knew, you know, they just couldn't deal with it. They had to have the masks on. And then I, I turned up and I wouldn't wear a mask, and you're, you know, you're people are looking at you, and, and will you not, not just put the mask on? Will you put the mask on? But uh, it, it, I have no doubt all them stupid rules were to mess with people's heads, and and it did work, without a doubt. People, get, that is it's that sort of stuff with your with your life being, your life quality being destroyed. That sort of stuff going on in your head demoralizes you. It, it just it weakens you. It weakens your ability to resist. And if it's on the television and you're looking at it, 
going across the screen, you know, on the bottom of these news channels. You might think you're not taking it in, but you are. Your eyes are seeing it. It's going in regardless of whether you're reading it or not. And it, it, it just leaves a trail of, of destruction in your brain that that would be hard to recover from. But if, you're, if you have a strong enough personality to say, okay, I don't believe this, you can do it. But I have no doubt that all that stuff was, was meant to get at people's heads. And nine euro meal, but just think about it, Gavin. The, wait, people will look back and tell your time and say, did, did people actually fall for that nonsense? But they did. As you said it, they did. 90% of the people fell for it. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I found so hard through the whole thing of it as well, is because it was a, a time we've never been through anything like that in our lives. And a lot of people then weren't following along or they weren't fact-checking what they were being told. And they're parroting off, you know, talking points off the TV, but they actually haven't looked into anything. It was a fierce, it was a fierce um, time um, for, for the mental health because it was all just complete bullshit. Don't, yeah. Most of it was bullshit, yeah. But, um, but, I mean, see, if you, if you think of it this way, Gavin, if you were believing that there was a virus out there that could kill you or your mother and father or whatever, right? If you've fallen for that, well, then the next thing comes along and you're looking as everyone wearing a mask. If, if you fall for one part of it, it's like a domino effect and you're sucked in to this nonsense. But it, it, it's, it, it, it eats at the brain. I mean, people were psychologically affected without even knowing it, I'd say. No, there's no doubt about no no doubt about it that there were um, just the whole thing just made absolutely no sense and it, it did go against science. Like in the beginning, they had the Barrington Declaration, which I thought made perfect sense. You know, um, if there is something out there, isolate the elderly if they want to be isolated and look after those most at risk, and let everybody else um, get the herd immunity and you know let it go through the population. I thought that made made perfect sense, and you know that was all. You know, you call a conspiracy theory in a nut job. Uh, natural immunity was completely as if that doesn't exist, which was you know, it's, which was completely absurd altogether. So the the whole thing just stunk to high heaven. Of I, you know, you, if you don't want to go into conspiracies, you could just say negligence and mismanagement, or whatever. But uh, I, you know, I don't. That's that's as good as I could be about it. Well, I mean, it, it looked the Irish authorities were either taking instructions from someone else on high, or else they were looking at what everyone else was doing and were just doing the exact same, or one or the other. And one is as bad as the other. It's either negligence or willful neglect, one or the other. It's just, it's there, there's no excuse for it. There is no excuse for that. And I remember during the middle of the pandemic as well that there was um, payouts for the swine flu injections. Literally, while we were in lockdown, the, the, the mainstream media was publishing um, numbers for what families had got for um, their adverse reactions to the to the swine flu vaccine. I think someone got like 1.8 million or something like that was while we were in lockdown. And I just I was thinking, people cannot people not see this. And the, the other part of it then. Yeah, it's a, yeah, well, not that people can't see it, but just the whole the whole thing was just absolutely madness and what, what really riled me as well is that if the, if it was so dangerous and it was so deadly uh the interventions didn't come in for nearly a year patrick so like people had been unless you were like really scared and, and you'd really bought the narrative and you were isolating like me myself most of us were still going around to each other's friends houses we still allowed the kids to have birthday parties we still done things you know with, with friends and stuff 
So anyone who's rational, this is the whole thing, the law, like you said, the mass psychosis or whatever. Anyone who's rational knew that the, the threat wasn't wasn't there, you know? And uh, then people went and they took the thing. Most people who said it to me, they wanted to go on holiday or they told me if I didn't take it, I wouldn't be able to go into the pub. That was the, my the biggest biggest thing that people said to me at the time, now, uh, people in my age groups. I know older people were were very were terrified of it. But um, that's just the bizarre thing about it. Yeah, I, I mean, none of us wish any harm on anyone, but anyone who takes an, an experimental medical procedure because they want to go on holiday or they want to go to the pub, I, you just, you just, I, I don't know, immaturity doesn't even describe it. Um, and I hope everybody's okay, but as we're going to, as I believe, a lot of people have been damaged, a lot of people have died, and uh, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, a lot. Of, I want it's not all down to vaccine damage. It can't be, but uh, a lot of it is, and I, I, it's. I, I I hate saying it. I mean, I've I've done a few of these interviews, and I'm I'm well aware we're talking about real people who have died, and real people who have injured, and and the important thing when we're talking about this, Gavin, is it's not a historical fact. This is happening today as we speak. Still happening. It'll be happening next week, and the effects of this could be still here in two or three, if not longer time, if the, what they're talking about, the fertility effects uh, in women uh, are true, as Naomi Wolf uh, spoke about there lately. And it's, we have to be hard sometimes when we talk about these things. And I know we're all, we're all when, we, when we speak about people doing things immaturely or whatever, we're not trying to hurt people, but, you know, they're still trying to shove these boosters out there. So if, if there's 10 people listening tonight and and five of them say, well, that's it, I'm not getting any more, and they convince, each convince one pe- one person, you know, it, it all helps. And uh, and that's that's what I, when I, when I started doing this, that was what, what I hoped to do. I wanted to start a discussion and uh, I, I didn't want to be part of it. I put the, I got my stuff together, sent it out to a lot of media, local media, and, hoping that they would start a discussion. And I didn't think I'd be here, whatever, six months later, still talking about this stuff. I thought, I thought we'd be long further down the road and we're not. And it's, it, the point I'm trying to make about that, I, I just w- want to repeat it for people who are listening. When we're speaking here tonight, I understand fully, we're talking about people who are dying, people who have died, people who are injured. And it's gonna happen again tomorrow. And it's happening still in Kilkenny at rates higher. I, I, I want like April figures are dead figures in Kilkenny are way up in April 2019. It's you know it's it's ongoing. This is ongoing. This is not this is not a hard, historical discussion. That's the point I'm trying to make. And we should keep that in mind. Yeah, that that is true because there are real lives that have been lost, and and there's I I, I believe there's people out there like I think you touched on it there that could be potentially like a ticking time bomb. And, yeah. you know, the longer that it's covered up or there, there isn't a proper investigation done, those people could be saved because there is, I know you've probably looked at some of the, there's a couple of guys in America there from the health uh, insurance companies looking into different things. And they reckon that, you know, with proper screening and stuff, that if there is there is a small percentage of people damaged from these, that they, that you know, they could be looked after. But the, yeah. the longer that there's a wall of silence, the, the, the more people that are needlessly dying and, I'm getting sicker by the day. That's that's true, Gavin. Because 
like we're talking to each other here now and more probably everybody listening most people listening are probably of the same you know mind of, as us that there's there's something there's something wrong here there's something going on and uh so it's it can be a bit of a, an echo chamber in a way but that, that's okay we've got to talk and hopefully someone will listen in and and you know, take take it out somewhere else and, and talk to other people. If they get one idea from tonight and they go off and investigate it, and that's the, the point you make is very important, Gavin. Do your own investigation. Don't just do it because Patrick Wright says, you know, if I talk about someone here tonight, don't say, Oh, Patrick Wright said that. Whatever I say, go and follow it up if you're not happy with what I'm saying, or even if you are happy with what I'm saying. Don't don't trust what, what's coming out of a speaker at you. Do your own investigation. Is it that's it's the only way forward? Um, and I, I did like it's not this is nonsense like this is what's happening there's um the sixth the fifth largest life insurance company in the US paid out 163 percent more on a working age debt in 2021 after after these rollouts so like it has been shown in figures like all of this can be fact checked people can do can look into it the, the problem is that nobody in the establishment wants to touch it because they're all com they're all compromised or they're all um they've all got I won't say blood on their hands is a bit extreme, but they've all got a part to, to they've all got questions to answer for what's after going on. Um, we'll bring it back, um, Patrick. Let me see. When did you notice a rise in mortality after, or when when did you first start twigging there was something going on in Kilkenny? Let's say. Okay, well, well, we'll say the the vaccine rollout was started in force. We'll say February or March, twenty one, and. There wasn't a, a, there wasn't a, a lot of extra deaths in 21 and, and my research on that and I wasn't particularly I mean I was aware of all the people who were talking about Robert Malone and McCullough and Joe Rogan and all this I was following all this stuff all along but I remember let's say April May June in 2022 again the, I, I, I had signed up to rip.ie as, as an email link and i would get notified of every death in kilkenny and a lot of people do that in rural areas because you want to hear about neighbors and you know friends whatever you know the funeral arrangements if you don't want to miss any and it's an important thing in rural life and i was like there wouldn't be an awful lot of people dying in the county of kilkenny and i wasn't get i might be getting one or two emails a week but they started coming more regular and um around that time then I've seen a lot of them. I was I was started clicking on some of them, and the amount of times I was seeing the phrase "sudden and sudden and unexpectedly" just just hit me. And because people were talking about this in the alternative media, and so I, I was coming across it in real life, and it, it came to a head. I think it was early in October. Um, there was about six deaths in two days, and six or seven deaths in two days in Kilkenny. Now that's massive, and I think three of them were sudden and unexpected. And I just said, okay, I'm going to put some, I'm going to, I'm going to put some figures on this and it'll either, we'll see that I'm right or wrong, that there's a problem or not. So that's, that's what triggered me to go and do it. Uh, it, was early, it was early in October and I said, I'm going to start from July. And what I did is two things is I took the overall debts for that were uh in kilkenny for rip in other words if it was there and someone would be duplicated i took out the duplications obviously but if someone was down in under kilkenny and it said died in birmingham england 
formerly of Patrick Street Kilkenny, I left them in. I did not fiddle with the data. I did not adjust it in any way except take out duplications because that sort of thing would happen all the time. People who were away would die and they'd have a notice back in, in RIP in Kilkenny. And uh, so I didn't mess with the data that day, that way. And the idea was I, I compared overall debts. I did um, 2018, 19, 20, 21, and 22. And what I did for sudden debts is uh, this, there's, a, there's a certain amount of subjectivity here, but you know, it, it's, 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 it's a simple, simple way of doing it. And if someone can find serious fault with it, tell me, because I've had this stuff out there for six months now, and no one has come back to me and said, you know, that, that, that's, that's wrong. What I did was a lot of people would, when in the death notice, would write, died suddenly or unexpectedly. And that's self-explanatory. That's self-declaring that this person has died out of nowhere, unexpectedly. Now, other times, if I saw the person was young or whatever, that it just didn't look right, I would go into condolences and you would see there, we're so shocked at the sudden death of so-and-so. And judging by the age of the person and the comments in the condolences, I would decide that that was a sudden and unexpected death, or it wasn't, whatever I saw that, thought at the time. But, uh, but if they were saying it in the condolences and the person was young, then I would put it down as sudden and unexpected. Now, the only thing I would say about the, these is, is if someone, say, had um, donations to uh, palliative care or the home care team or cancer research, any death with anything like that linked to it was taken, was left out, any sudden death. The same with any to the Samaritans or anything like that. If there was any inkling, maybe it was suicide. And in most cases, if it's an, if it's an accident, people would say it's an accident. That you'll actually you know that, so you leave it out. So that, that's how I came up with my sudden death figures and my overall figures. And I did it for July, August, September, and October twenty-two, and I compared those figures to two thousand and nineteen. And this was in early November. Now, I, I just, I just, what I do, Gavin, is I, 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 the first, I want to read the first letter I sent out to all the, the media organisations and whoever I sent it to. It's, it's not very long, but I, this is what started the ball rolling. And I'll I, I just give you the figures that were on it. So, because percentages can hide the truth sometimes. So I want to be clear here. I had four years debt for four months. Uh, 2022 figures were 326 deaths, and the 2019 figures were 250. That's seven. That's 76 extra deaths, which is 30 percent. And the sudden deaths were 53 in 2022 and 24 in 2019. That's 29 extra, which is 120 percent. Now they are massive changes compared to 2019, and it's obvious why we're picking 2019 because that's pre-COVID. Now I just. I, I'll give a, a quick read of this letter because I, I want I want you to know what and the people to know what went out there to, to start this ball rolling. And I sent this to the Thomastown County Councillors. There's five of them, and I'm going to name them: Councillor Matt Dorn, Councillor Michael Dyer, Councillor Joe Dyer, Joe Lyons, Councillor Peter Clear, Councillor Pat O'Neill. I also sent it to KCLR, which is a local radio station, licensed radio station. 
Kilkenny Community Radio, which is a voluntary radio station in the city. I said to the Kilkenny, Kilkenny Observer, and the, the big local paper here is the Kilkenny People. And I also sent it to Councillor Deirdre Cullen. Now, I highlighted the figures, all the figures are there. And I also sent a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet, so they could check the figures themselves. And, this, and the spreadsheet had hyperlinks on it, uh, going to rip.ie. So anyone that I was saying a sudden death, they could go in and see, do I agree with him or don't I? Now, this, this is what I wrote on the, I said, I've attached the file as de detailing these figures, which are in the public domain on rip.ie. These can be replicated and checked with three to four hours work on rip.ie. Duplicated notices have been removed and any explicit accidents or suicides are not included in suddenlies. Suddenlies are identified in narrative or in condolences. Then I asked the question, is the rest of the country any different? If so, what's happening exclusively in Kilkenny? If not, if it's not any different, then Irish people are dying at unprecedented rates. Then I said to him, I feel it's my duty to bring these frightening figures to the attention of people such as yourselves and others who are in a position of influence and trust in Kilkenny. To get public answers, explanations from those in authority and power, someone must first raise and acknowledge the problem in public. I will request you act on the above information to the best of your ability and fulfill your position of trust with the people of Kilkenny. A reckoning will come, as it always does, and we are all answerable to our own conscience and our nation as to how and when we acted. If I can be of any assistance, please feel free to contact me. And I put my contact details down. Now, that went out. I sent that out on Friday the 4th of November, about half four, an email. And um, the next, the, what happened in the next few days is what really got the ball rolling. Within 15 minutes, Jimmy Rattigan of KKPress.ie, who I had not emailed because I didn't know it existed, rang me on the phone. Now, Jimmy is a local journalist of a long time. He's retired, and I know I'd, I'd, he'd published a few things for me in the past, not, not to do with um, you know, COVID or anything like that. And he rang me, and he knew when he rang my number that he, he, we'd spoken before. And he, 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 someone had leaked the email to him. He was on to me within 15 minutes. He said, um, I'm going to check out your work. He said, um, if I'm happy with it, we're going to run with it. So he did his checks on it. He rang me later at night, did a few, did a short interview with me to get a few quotes. And he had it up on his website the next morning with a just short article with facts, no you know, fluff around it. But a very striking picture, I think, was of a funeral cortege. And um, that's, that, that started things going. Now, what happened then after that is Kilkenny City Community Radio got in touch with me uh, about the figures. And they asked me, would I do an interview? And I, at that stage, I didn't want to. Uh, I said, it's not about me. I've given you the information. Will you go and deal with it? So they got in touch with Jimmy. And Jimmy got on to me and he said, listen, they want us to, two of us to do it. He said, you've got to do it because if you don't, you know, if you're not willing to stand up your own information, how can you expect someone else to do it? So I agreed to do it. And myself and Jimmy recorded an interview, 20 minutes with Eugene Dial. And um, I have to say, Eugene, Eugene was a, we spoke beforehand and he made clear to me 
he, he got permission to do this with certain we have to be careful he said and um so that, that was fine with me and we had a clear he i mean he asked me before the interview before we went on air what do you think is the cause and i said i, I believe the vaccine damage is a lot of it it's not all of it i said but i believe it is but i said to him eugene you are not to ask me that question because if i if i have to answer that question i will tell the truth and this will be shut down and my data which is raising questions and which is true will be washed away with patrick welsh the conspiracy theorist with the tin file hat so i said to him this is we're not going down the vaccine route now it was mentioned in the interview he in his intro he talked about it which was very brave of him and in his outro as well and everything came up and he he was you know he was he was very um i won't say rough with me but i he didn't give me an easy ride on it but it, it went well and i went out in kilkenny and a lot of people heard it and then what happened is i sent a i i don't you know you obviously know who john waters is and since i heard your interview with him last week um like john is one of the greats uh, not even Irish journalism of Irish people of the last 60 70 years but I, i've been in touch with john nothing to do with COVID before uh something to do with music and i had his email address and i sent him the link to the radio interview and i sent him jimmy's article and john was back within an hour he had he saw something which i hadn't seen is disappearing on radio was a breakthrough in ireland because it's the first time a licensed radio station had mentioned excess deaths and it was out there and it was on soundcloud now john covered it on a substack and he, and he continued to cover it for months afterwards but him putting it on a substack and the link and talking about it um it really I, I, I mean i wasn't aware at the time i wasn't on twitter at the time but it was it was you know being linked all over the place and um i i think i think that's what that's really got in inverted commas, the Kilkenny sudden death story out in the, out in the mainstream. Sorry, if, I, if I'm going on too long there, Gavin, if you want to cut in at any stage. Please. No, that, that's fantastic um, information there. You're after covering a good, bit of the, a good bit of the story. I wanted to ask you, did you notice any changing in the wording, like on say RP.ie, like since the pandemic and after the rollout, like have they tried to hide some of them or have you seen anything like that? And like, instead of, I, I know I, I used to look on it myself now, not as in-depth as you, but I used to do, um, there's died suddenly and died unexpectedly. That's two two separate terms that's used, is it? Or, but have you noticed any kind of messing with the wording since? Um, well, you, see, you still see them phrased a lot because the there's a lot of sudden and, and dying, sudden and unexpectedly. But I, I do notice... You know, there's obvious ones that young people are dying, and when you go into it, the, a phrase that's turning up an awful lot in the last six months is after a short illness. And, um, you know, young people, not on the scale that's happening, don't die after short illnesses as much as that. And so maybe that's a euphemism. Um, I, I definitely, yeah, to answer your question, Gavin, I, I did, I, I noticed that the phrase sudden and unexpectedly is not appearing as much in self self-declaration but it is appearing in the condolences and um i i i've no doubt like if someone wanted to take the, the, the spreadsheet i have with all the suddenlies and if they wanted to come up with their own figures for suddenlies 
I'd say actually another person doing it would come up with more than me because there was a fellow in England, um, he goes under the name Cassandra's Box, and he, he ran with the Kilkenny story, you know, investigated it further, trying to tie, tie it in with uh, Peter McCullough's and um, Igor Tudov's investigations. And he actually looked at my figures for, for December, and I can't remember what I suddenly for, for December 22 was, but he came out and he said, uh, if he was doing it, he would have had one or two more uh, because he was going by the euphemism uh, short illness, which he, he knew was uh, died suddenly. So, yeah, I, I, I think, but I mean, that's, you know, whether that's happening or not, Gavin, I, I, that's going down. Enough, I don't really care. And, uh, you know, I, I don't believe our, someone sitting in RIP saying we're not, we're not going to call it you know, suddenly unexpectedly. I, uh, Maybe it's just happening. It's it's not a concern yeah. of mine, one way or the other. Yeah, you haven't noticed it anyway. I know. I I thought that myself. I I know that they were more. I like. I could be wrong. Maybe you know, but they were independent, and then they were bought out. But um, I exactly exactly what you said. There is hardly someone sitting in the background uh, messing with the with the word with the with the phrasing. Um, you put in a you a complaint with the broad. Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. How did that go? Well, well, I did. I tell you. I, let me tell you what happened was uh, originally is is uh, I was trying to get. I mean, as far as I concerned, what I wanted to do was get this in the main local media in Kilkenny, which is KCLR, the local radio station, or Kilkenny people, the local paper of one hundred and twenty or thirty years, and. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if it was on them, I had done what I wanted to do, and people could do their own investigations after that. Now, I kept, Casey Lord never responded. Kilkenny people, uh, I, I, I don't even want to go there because I'd get so angry. So we'll just, we'll just do the Casey Lord, what happened there. They never responded for a couple of weeks, and um, I kept sending them links to Jimmy's articles. I rang them up. Um, you know, and so I'd say, did you get my email and about this? And someone said, oh, no, one of the person, uh, the journalist said, no, I didn't, we didn't get it, but send it to my personal email. And I sent it to her and she acknowledged it. So they had it. And I mean, I know they had it previously anyway. It went to their head of news email site, which, which they asked people to report news. So I was ringing up and I rang a couple of times and said, you know, why hasn't anyone contacted me? This is unbelievable information. Why isn't anyone in touch? So... What I, what I did then after that, and what I call poking the bear, Gavin, is I, I started linking the articles and saying, you know, the truth bus is leaving town and, uh, you know, it's about time you did something, this sort of stuff. So what happened then is um, on the 6th of December, the station editor, who was soon on, sent me an email. And this, I, I just read this, it's short, and, but you, you need to... You need to hear this. this. This is coming from the station, a so-called journalist. Dear Mr. Welch, thank you for your recent email concerning what you, what you say is an, a spike in deaths in Kilkenny. I have read the contents and your comments on the figures you have assembled. I know there has been some discussion in Dáil Éireann recently about a possible increase in excess deaths in recent months. I also note that the CSO and the Department of Health have made some initial comments on the matter. As a media organization with a strong sense of our public service obligation, we are conscious of the need to establish facts and run stories that are verified at the highest level, particularly where citizens' health and well-being is concerned. 
We will monitor any reports and our analysis of excess deaths during and after the COVID-19 epidemic. And we'll, of course, report on any findings as they emerge. And here we, we get this little put down at the end. At this time, we do not propose to cover the story, but in a patronising way, we are grateful to you for getting in touch. In other words, stay quiet there now, little boy, and don't be saying any more. But there's, there's some of those phrases that, that jump out there. Like, listen to this. Um, we've, uh, we are conscious of the need to establish facts and run stories that are verified at the highest level. You know, what about independent research? And asking for them to comment. You know, they'll only run it if it's verified at the highest level. And we know what that, that's code for the government. You know, you know don't, let's not pretend it's anything else. And then uh, she says, we will monitor any reports and our analysis of X deaths. They'll monitor them. You know, they, they couldn't um, maybe open RIP.ie themselves and maybe have a look. They couldn't open the file I sent them and maybe do a quick count and say, you know, Mr. Welch might be far wrong. No, we'll monitor any reports. And will of course report on any findings as they emerge. You know, they, they won't come up with their own findings, which one would think as a local radio station serving the people of Kilkenny, they might want to go and do. No, they're reporting someone else's findings. So that that's that's what I got back on the 6th of December. Now, that just uh, my blood boiled. And uh, over Christmas, I decided I'd do a complaint to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Now, the park, this, is, this has to be uh, the broadcast. They've recently been uh, dissolved, which I'm not surprised. But up to that, it's probably the, a definition of a communist organization, if there was one. I went in, you have to go through their online complaint site, and it's, oh, you tick this box and you answer that to this question, and the whole way through. And basically, unless you were complaining about something that had happened on a radio program. Yeah, you, you couldn't follow the online routine. So I filled in as best I could and I lodged my complaint. Um, and I, I explained to him exactly what had happened and, and the letter I got. And, um, but, uh, you know, I, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, you know, what these people are going on with, and uh, but uh, I, I said to him that I, I had a problem that they would not run. This was a life and death matter, and uh, the station editor would refuse to run with it. Now, this this went in just after Christmas, and and they got the full details. Now, this 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 is I mean, communist China would. Uh, would be proud of this sort of stuff. Uh, Mr. James Gunning, whose title is the Broadcasting Complaints Officer, sent back uh, a reasonably long email full of guff and whatever, linking me to this, that, and the other on complaints process. But here's the nub of what he said to me. I've received your complaint via the BA online and note the contents therein. From reading your complaint, I note you're not satisfied, satisfied with how KCLR is choosing when it broadcasts. And you have commented on the omission of material that you think should have been included. In this instance, please note that the broadcaster retains the editorial right to choose what they broadcast, providing they adhere to the BAI's codes and rules. The BAI are only permitted to consider complaint referrals that are specifically about broadcast content. And in this case, your complaint is based on omission. We have therefore invalidated this complaint. Right, I'll just repeat that. 
we have therefore invalidated your comp this complaint because it's based on omission. Now, yeah, that's what's important about this, Gavin, is I'll just follow through what happened in this complaint process because these the, the BAI, these this is this is the, what your taxpayers' money is paying for. They're supposed to be looking after us. And don't think the BAI is any different than the HSC or the Department of Education or any other of these bodies out there. They're all self-serving. Now, I got back to, I, I replied to Mr. Gunning. I said, thank you for your prompt reply. I said, this is not just a Kilkenny problem. People are dying at excessive rates all over the country that pays your wages. And you hide behind the Dems the rules answer. They might be the rules, Mr. Gunning. And if you can morally live with yourself, go ahead. But we both know now that you are an accomplice to what is happening by ignoring this complaint. You have my details. If you want to point me in the right direction to try and get somewhere with this catch-22 that no one is accountable for not broadcasting about this life and death matter because no one will broadcast about it. Now, you know, that went out and Mr. Gunning kind of stepped off the stage then because, yeah, maybe it was getting a bit rough for him. So, a, a Lucy, a Miss Lucy Cuddy stepped in and she said, um, I regret that we cannot be of assistance with this matter for you. And that's it. She walked away. Now, I wasn't going to let her walk away with that. And I got back onto her. And um, I just want to read this bit because it makes the point about the, the nonsense of the rule that you can't, you can't complain about things that are omitted. I said, I'm not prepared to accept this. We cannot be of assistance with the matter for you, Ryan. What Mr. Gunning effectively said in the attached email is, KCLR could report on the local news for Timbuktu for six months of the year. And if anyone complains they were not meeting their public service obligation, Mr. Gunning, as broadcasting complaints officer, would invalidate the complaint because it's an act of omission and he can only complain about what they broadcast, i.e. the Timbuktu local news. And I said, I said to her, if that's true, then what is the point of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland if it can't ensure that radio stations licensed by the state meet the needs and expectations of the Irish people? And I asked her to forward on the complaint to someone else. Now, she came back to me and said, same again. No, you had, you, it's, a, it's a complaint about admission. We're not going to deal with it. But she made the mistake. You know, I don't know why she did it, but she linked some, I don't know what, a load of nonsense which had all the names of all the head honchos in the BAI and of the compliance committee and the executive complaints form. You, you wouldn't believe the names these folks call themselves that. So I said to her, I picked two of the head fellows, I said, please forward my complaint to Mr. Kevin Rafter, the chairperson of the compliance committee, or Kieran Kassan, the chairperson of the executive complaints form. There's a mouthful for you. And uh, she did. Now, I, I didn't. I didn't. Think, I didn't do this thinking that they were going to ring up KCLR in terms of broadcast Patrick Welch's detail. I knew that was gone. What I was trying to do here is to get the senior manager of the BAI, which is Kieran Kassan. He's in the organisation for 27 years. I wanted to get him to stand over what his underlings or colleagues had said was BAI policy, and Mr. Kieran Kassan stepped forward like the communist apparatchik he is. And he said to me, dear Mr. Welch, I acknowledge receipt of your emails. I've received your, I've reviewed your correspondence with my colleagues and your initial complaint via the BAA uh, online and the correspondence therein. In other words, he's seen it all. 
As noted by my colleagues, the BAI has no role in editorial, editorial decision making and it cannot deal with complaints that relate exclusively to material that a broadcaster decides not to include in news programme. Unfortunately, your complaint as submitted remains invalid as your complaint does not relate to material that was broadcast. Now, there is the head of the BAI standing over nonsense. But he's telling the Irish people, KCLR and any radio station can do whatever they want. I mean, and they, there's no one can come, like, say anything to them. That's what he's affecting. He's giving them a free reign. They're there to look after the needs of the Irish people. And he's, he basically says, no, nah, nothing to do with me. And that's, yeah. that's what he's doing with. And Gavin, the, the point about that is that the BAI is the HSE and any other government organisation, they're all the same. They treat the Irish people with contempt. And uh, them, uh, those emails they sent to me, they, you know, they thought they were talking, you know, some country fellow down in Kilkenny was nothing to do in the evening and he's, he's sending off emails. And so we'll just we'll humour him and we'll get rid of him. But that's the contempt they have for the Irish people. And don't have any doubt about it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the whole the whole thing from start to finish, this whole thing of hiding behind protocols or do you know what I mean? Like that's outside my remit. So that you know, the moral aspect comes into it, the nothing else matters only once they're ticking the boxes and you know, that's what that sounds like. Well that's exactly but, but the, see that there it's it's people like them. Me, mediocrity in Ireland is promoted to the nth degree. Because these people can, can be controlled. They know these people in jobs, he's in that for 27 years. Christ Almighty, he should be ashamed of himself. You know, it's, it's just, I mean, I presume he has some sort of journalistic training or whatever to get a job like that. And he could, he could answer that question like that. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And stand over the, the carry on of his colleagues. But, but that's, it comes from above, it comes from the, what they call the deep state in America is the civil service in Ireland. You know, the, it runs in the families for generations. The same fellows are private secretaries and heads of departments, and it goes down through the families. We can all name the families. And it basically, they want our money, but they will do it as what, what as they will, and they will treat us with contempt. And that's that's what that was. It's not, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me what they say to me. I, but uh, it's it's, it's their attitude to the people of Ireland is what matters. No doubt about it. This is the whole thing, and I've been banging my head off the wall for the last three years, and I can feel the same kind of torment off you trying to... Like, I, I just... There, while we're talking, I scrolled by something from factchecked.org, uh, and it's saying there's absolutely no link between the excess deaths and these vaccines. Um... Like this is what, so I suppose the fact, like, well, I, obviously, I don't believe. I believe there's some, there, there's some, there's a, they're a big part of it. I can understand if the people miss cancer treatments and stuff like that, that the deaths would rise. But for me, I, it does, it doesn't make any sense. Um, we've seen the, the insurance data from the United States, working age people, you know, 160 percent um, uptick in insurance claims for deaths. You know, so. Uh, on one stage, you've got the official narrative that, the, that these things are 100% safe and effective and that, you know, they have the recommendations. We should all follow the, the World Health Organization, all this stuff. And at the same time, there's no one investigating why there's over 25 or 30% extra deaths, you know, over the whole of Ireland. I know in Kilkenny, you, you'd specific instances where it's higher. 
But like, there's no investigation going on into that. But yet, so they can come out with an official statement and say, "Well, we know it's not the yeah. the the, me the medical treatment when they haven't researched it." Yeah. And, well, I mean, um, the the t shirt the t shirt funny, you know, because the the examiner jumped on the bad wagon there some sometime around January. Uh, because deaths were backing up on mortuaries, and so the T-shirt had to come out. And he basically he's asked the CMO, who we haven't heard a word out about since, to investigate it. But he preempted the result. He said, "Oh, I expect it to be because people missed their cancer screens." And Gavin, you're right. Of course, there has to be people dying because they missed cancer screens and they didn't get treatment for for stuff like that. That that does, there's no doubt about that. But there there's there's just Loads of, I mean, the, the insurance data you're talking about in America, to Zed Dow who put that out there in, in his um, uh, in his book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths, when he investigated all that. I mean, you know, he, he said the insurance companies were reporting 40% increase in excess mortality for among working age adults. You know, that's what, what, 20 to 65. This is in quarter four in 2021. But they also... And the ages 25 to 44 had an 84% increase in mortality. I mean, that's unheard of. That's just, these people shouldn't be dying. And, you know, he also reported there's massive increase in disabilities in working age people as well. And it's, you, you cannot, I mean, I, you know, anyone, I know you were, you were only doing it to look up a fact check to see what to say, and, and you knew to be nonsense. But the thing is, Gavin, there is people when the, who, when they hear stuff like this, will go off and, and they look up and they see oh, what are Sky News saying, or what are the BBC saying, or what are fact checks saying, and it, it's just you know you're wasting your time with people like that if, if they think they're going to get it through there. That's, that's I know. Not, that, that's this, you're you're right. You see, this is the the big problem is, and I actually put a tweet out about it earlier on. Is people in the West and in Ireland and that. They think propaganda is something that happens in China, or they think propaganda is something that happens in Russia, or it's something that's a relic of World War Two. They have no idea that we've been heavily propagandized day in, day out through television, newspapers, movies, uh, the headlines on newspapers. Uh, it's all framing to kind of get people into a, a line of thought or to, to get this herd consensus. And and they don't like I know I don't use Google anymore. I can't use Google because it gives me biased search results. And actually, when you keep skipping through the pages, it starts to repeat the same stuff. Like it's gone. We are living in, in a, a semi dystopia at the moment. And the, the level of censorship, I was banned off TikTok. I, my accounts were taken off YouTube. You know, all this censorship on Facebook. So people only get one sided narrative. And I'm not saying my side was right. Maybe some of the stuff I was sharing was bullshit. But, you know, there, I, I like. We're not going to get justice from the people who have, who have uh, who have um, potentially committed mal malfeasance or you know negligence. How are we yeah. ever going to get justice? What do, what's your thoughts on that? How do you think this is all going to play out? Uh, I, I, I the truth is coming out there. People are waking up, Gavin. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I don't get much feedback because I, people don't know me. Uh, you know. Jimmy Rattigan gets a lot of feedback in Kilkenny and he tells me it's coming up. And some people contact me on Twitter and they say, thanks for doing this and whatever. And uh, but if I, if I know the seeds are from Kilkenny, I'll, I'll, I'll ask them what do they think. 
And they say, yeah, it's getting out there. There's no doubt. But it's, there's so much going on in the world at the moment that people are being battered with. Like, they have, they have wars going on, wars in inverted commas. You have, they're trying to plant our country at the moment. It's, it, they're, this LGBTQ thing in the schools and the libraries. It's just, it's, it's a constant pattern at people's psyche. And it wears people down. And now, I'm going to keep putting the debt figures out there. I, I think, I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be, it's going to come to a head. I see today the the coroner is getting Pfizer up in Mayo. Uh, Connor Patrick O'Connor. There was a death of a 14 year old boy three weeks after he got um, his vaccination. I think it was in 2021. And the coroner has demanded Pfizer come in. And to answer questions, and they are coming in. They said they're they're coming in, and hopefully, we're going to get some answers. Like I, I'm not going to hear anything that new up there, but I want I want it out, out. Like someone, if this happens in the coroner's court, it would be out there. It has to be out there. And I I think we're getting there, Gavin. I I think I mean, media is dead in the water now. No one trusts it anymore. Even people who 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 might have believed in the scandemic all along, they they know. They look at the likes of the Irish Times now and the Irish Independent, and it's all it does. It's only good for lining the the cat's cage or something like that. And, and a lot of people know that. I know there is still maybe twenty five or thirty percent who will never be convinced one way or the other. And I'm sorry for that, but uh, sorry, we're going to move on without you, because the real world is out there. People are dying. People are being injured and it's still going on. So that's why we've got to keep at this. We've got to track this down. We've got to nail them every light you put out there. And uh, we've got to keep the pressure on. I mean, but I, I don't know how long you want to go on here, Gavin, but I, there's one thing I would like to cover there. What happened when, when we got in touch with the um, Minister Donnelly? I don't know if you're aware of that. Fill us in there, and we're not um, we're not stuck for time or anything. There, we can go over. We're grand. Yep, keep going. Okay. Well, this 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 again is an official Ireland treating ordinary people with contempt. I, I one of the councillors. I sent it out to all councillors in Kilkenny Then, after about two or three weeks, this is in November, and Andrew McGuinness, who was the son of John McGuinness, the well-known Fianna Fáil TD, Andrew rang me one day and very concerned and asked me a lot of questions and uh, and uh, basically he like he asked me what I thought it was and he says before I said about the vaccines he says do you think the vaccines have something to do with it so we had a good chat about it and he says to me um, okay I'm going to get a question off to the minister about the debt figures in Kilkenny now he, he sent off the request through his father's um, official email so to have to be dealt with quicker which is fair enough now I'm looking at the. I, I got. I'm looking at the minister's the reply from the minister's office, and I have it in my hand here. I got a copy, but it wasn't sent to me, and I say I wasn't supposed to get it, but I got it. And there's a lot of. I won't read. There's a couple of pages of it. The usual official thing, fill it up with stuff, trying to put people off. You know, quoting the Government Act of 1952 and the Births and Deaths and Marriages Registration Act, basically putting people off. But. It was addressed to dear Deputy McGuinness, and the first line is, you know, virtue signalling. Department of Health closely monitors trends in mortality data, 
including data on cause of death and national estimates of excess mortality. Now, I went on and quoted the Central Statistics Office and a few things like that. Now, it gave the deaths for the Kilkenny area for 2018, 19, 20, 21. And they were all about between 650 and 695. No, no big difference in any of the years. And they went back 40 years as well, but they are the important years because they are, they are neither time where, where, where we're talking about. So then he quotes, uh, there's a quotes link in the CSO website for quarter one or quarter two, 2022 for Kilkenny. And, um, and then, it, and, uh, and underneath it says, for quarter one or quarter two for 2022 in Kilkenny, there's a total of 310 deaths, right? Now that's half a year. So if you multiply that, that would be 620 which would be actually be below what he was saying would be the average for, for those years. So in other words, what they were saying is there's nothing to see here, okay? Now they don't say that because then they can be cut out in it, but that's effectively what they're saying. Now, I went in on the links and checked all the figures and all the figures are right. But the thing is for quarter one and quarter two for 2022, they added the figures up wrong and came up with 310 deaths instead of 410 okay they put 310 in that letter which basically led people astray it led deputy mcginnis astray and andrew mcginnis astray and basically said there's nothing to see here and really it was 410 and when you multiply that out that's an increase of 27 percent i know it's, it's not exact but i was saying 30 percent at the time so uh, Jimmy, did, I did an article. Jimmy put it out there, basically saying, "What's the minister doing this on false figures? What's going on here?" And um, no, not no one said a word. So I got on to Andrew McGuinness, and I want to be very fair to Andrew McGuinness, but I also I'm going to be truthful about what happened afterwards. Um, I got on to Andrew about this, and he said he he hadn't seen the article about the figures being false. So I sent it to him and I spoke to him before Christmas and he said he was going to uh, submit a reply with, uh, to the previous query about regarding de the excess debts to the minister to see what was going on. Now, I, I, spoke, to, I spoke to Andrew before Christmas and I thought I, I thought I was dealing with someone and I think I am dealing with an honest person. I have no doubt about that, but I thought I was going to get help from him. So nothing happened. I left it for a month. I got back to him and I said to him, uh, you know, wh what was going on? I know, I said, I know you understand this is the matter of the utmost urgency. So I'd be grateful for an update, uh, even if it is a fact that the minister is ignoring the matter and hopefully it will go away. And I said, thanks again for the previous assistance. This was on the 17th of January. And no, I got no reply. So on the 14th of February, I got onto him, I says, why have you not responded to my previous emails? Do you not think the shocking rates of debt for your constituents should be a priority? As you are no doubt aware, Casey Lawrence Kilkenny people have abdicated their duty to the Kilkenny people of Kilkenny by refusing to engage. I said, I'm calling them out on, in numerous arenas and will continue to do so. As we discussed in a previous phone call, we are both in agreement there is a strong reason to consider the COVID vaccine damage as the root cause of a lot of these deaths. As a Republic representative, I'm calling on you to speak out about the dangers of the vaccine, as evidenced by the Kilkenny death rates, so that the public can make informed decisions as to their health and well-being. Then I said something which 
it got on his errors a bit, but that's okay. I said, is it possible that you, as a public re representative, Casey Law and the Kilkenny People newspaper, could be described as passive accessories to the carnage that is going on around us? I said, I know my conscience is clear in this matter. As stated previously, I'm available to assist you in any way necessary to protect the lives of Kilkenny citizens. And I said, the first step is to make them aware that there is a problem. The rest will follow. Well, I'd say that email didn't land in his box, but he was back to me, all offended, saying, I've been exceptionally busy. Now, this is on the 15th of February. We had spoken, I think, on the 20th of December. So he, ha he hadn't been able to get back to me yet. And he said, he, he was, he was, this, the comment I made about him in a passive accessory says, does not apply to him at all. And I will look at, look at this again next week. And I've never heard from Andrew again, but I did send him off an email uh, on the 10th of March. Given him, I gave him a bit of time, but I've never heard from him again. And I just said, have you any news for me? I'm sure you are busy, but I'm at a loss to figure out what could be more important than the health and safety of your constituents. White House says, yes, the best thing you could do would be to issue a statement to local media and on your social media as to the facts regarding overall the sudden deaths of the county. This would make people aware of the situation and allow them to investigate the situation themselves and make informed health decisions for themselves and their children. Then I said, yes, they are now offering COVID vaccine to six-month-old babies. Would you give it to your young child knowing what you know? If you feel there's nothing more you can do, want to either get to the bottom of this or make people aware of what's happening, then I would appreciate you saying so and we could stop wasting each other's time. Unless I hear otherwise, I would take it that your position that this, is, that this is your position after two months of waiting for a response. And I've never heard a word from him again. Now, Andrew can speak for himself whenever, whenever he wants to put his head above the parapet again. But that's what happened. Now, it's quite possible he's been told to shut up by, he's a member of Fianna Fáil and probably told, shut up, it'll go away. I don't know. Maybe he'll speak for himself. Very unlikely that he's uh, in on this conversation here tonight. But uh, how many times can you contact a man? And the only time he responded is when he got a bit offended. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 can I just say one thing to, in his favour? Like, he actually stood up at the start while the rest of them hid and said nothing. They're a disgrace. And, I, and by, I, I'm putting an article together and I'm going to name all these people and the different engagement they had as Kilkenny County Councillors, and it's it's shocking the way that, I mean, two of them, I won't name them here now because I'll do it in an article, two of them contacted me on phone calls, went through, you know, trying to cover their arse sort of stuff, asking me questions, but I knew they were going, weren't going anywhere with it. And the others just put their heads down and said nothing. But they don't think Kilkenny County Councillors or politicians are any worse than the others around the country. This, this, this is what's representing it ordinary Irish people and that's why we're getting the stuff the, the, I won't use the bad language that we're getting dealt with every day because people these people don't care about us yeah that they've no backbone whatsoever absolutely uh, no backbone like was it Padder Tobin or whatever his name is he wanted he called for the investigation into the excess debts and then what it was all I don't know I've never heard anything about it since yeah it's gone Gavin like the T-shirt, once Padder Tobin got the T-shirt to say something in the dog, and he could put that out, yeah, I, I got this done. Padder Tobin had nothing to get that out. It was the pressure Jimmy Rattigan 
putting the stuff out there. Like the only deaths being mentioned around the country are Kilkenny deaths because, not, not because it's more important. I'll tell you why, between 20 and 30 people contacted me looking for my methods of how to do it. And five or six people had shown me that they had done stuff way before I'd done it, but no one would publish anything. And if there's nothing being published, no one has to comment on it. Jimmy Rattigan broke through the, whatever you want, glass ceiling, whatever you want to call it. And it's all out there now. Now, I, 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 we keep calling it the Kilkenny debts. This is not, that's just a euphemism for Ireland. That's what's happening here. Irish people are dying at excessive rates, whether the rate is between 15 and 25%, doesn't matter. People are dying at excessive rates and they're dying younger. Young people are dying that shouldn't be dying. Now, this, the media is locked up. Like, Peter Tobin comes out and, yeah, he got the T-shirt to say something in the doll. The T-shirt passed it off to the CMO. And I, I think that was the end of January. I, I might be wrong there, again, but I think that was the end of January. And we are now heading towards the end of April. And, you know, there's no, no mention of it. No, no mention of it, no, because they, they're all complicit. Even by their silence during the whole thing, they're complicit. And like I'm not, I, I was going to say I feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for them. It's it's their um, it's the the flaws in the system were exploited by even you know whatever happened or whatever went on with the whole pandemic. It it exposed all of the the systemic flaws. Even there, like you know protocols there where doctors weren't allowed to prescribe anyone any medication for it. So you know, do you want a COVID test? You know, if you say yes or no. It comes back positive or oh, go home like there was no medication given there so it just seems that the whole thing is there's like this systemic thing and then they all hush you know like i like i, I don't know how to i don't know how we're going to get the better of this that's actually what i wanted to ask you where would be a good place to find data like in america there they had the insurance companies um reports like what the the real excess debts that is really damning? I think it's on the euro, not well. Where I seen it was on the euro momo thing, and you can um, select it down to different demographics, say the the younger age groups. So it's easy to say, oh, it's missed cancer, it's this, that, and the other. That's that's fine, you know, if the demographics are matching up. Maybe it was an elderly person or whatever. But if you're getting even, say, there's twenty percent excess debts in Ireland, um, in total, which I think there's more, but say 7% of that is in working age people or in people in the prime of their lives. That's a huge red flag. That's a fucking glowing beacon. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, how would you drill in in the Irish uh, situation? Well, how do we get into that data? Like well, to, it, to... It's, it's, it's there, Gavin, because I, I put something out on Twitter there the other day on Substack. Like Ed Dowd... Um, has done, he, he got, he's um, the Humanity Projects report, and he's done massive, he, he, he put all, for the Western world countries, he has details of deaths, uh, vaccination rates, disabilities, all this stuff, for all the countries. Now you can go in, it's called the Humanity Projects report, it's, I linked it on my substack there last week, and he did one report for Ireland. Now all he has on Ireland is um, death rates, and the vaccine rates but he, he breaks it down into the different age groups as well so you can see the uh, the excess death rates at the different age groups and you can he has three different um baselines for measuring ex excess mortality and he explains it in there as well what he's doing and you can go in and you can pick whichever age group you want 
you can see the graphs, you can see the numbers, and it's all there. And um, now someone could say to you, how, how, how do I know that was telling the truth? You know, you know, how do you say it's something like that? The, the information is there. If you want to go in there and see it, it's there. And it's not just a doubt, though, because um, I doubt has been a, a, at the forefront that he has the book. Well, I, I was just looking for him there and I can't reference him, but there's a guy who actually is in the insurance industry and I listened to a podcast on him. I can't think of who Substack he came uh, off. He's, but he's, he's, a, he's an English fella, yeah. Um, there was an English fella, I can't think of his... He, he put out figures there about uh, the English insurance figures there last last month. I can't think of his name. I, but the, the, I think this guy maybe, I'm not sure if he was English, he could have been American, I'm not sure, but this guy is advocating... He he's saying like he's not out for blame or anything like that. He he wants to get to the bottom of it for a simple reason is that even he reckons that from what we've seen with some of the adverse events that you know they can cause heart damage and, and different things. But he's thinking that he says even if it was only because there was millions and millions and millions of these things administered, even if there was only two percent that had slight heart damage, that they're they're walking around with that damage and they have no idea. That with simple screening methods, simple friggin' things that have in every hospital that they could do pop-up clinics like they did with with their pop-up feckin' injection centers, and you could literally screen people, and that you know that we could save. He rec he gave millions on the figure. He said he said my goal with this organization is pissing me off, and I can't think of his name. He said he said well, I think we can easily save a million. Um, but that, that, Gavin, Gavin I, I that that I'll tell you why that won't happen. Because if they would set up screening, you'd have to say the reason for doing it is because people have been damaged by the vaccine. And that's not going to happen. That is, the government are not going to say that. And Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca are not going to say it. It's just not going to happen. Now, of course, it makes medical sense. I, I'm not arguing with that point. Of course it does. But uh, there is no way that's going to happen. Because you know, a lot of these people, let's be frank about this, at the top end of the scale, and I'm talking about in Ireland as well, should be swinging from a gibbet within the next 18 months. And that's, that's where I don't have any problem saying that. And on the, on the, on the world scale as well. So you, this is, that, I, I don't see that happening at all. We're going to have to drag these people screaming into courtrooms and into tribunals and into prison. They, they're not going to admit anything because, and it's, it's like in the media as well, they know they've been complicit in all this. They know they didn't do their jobs properly. So they're going to keep going, telling the lies, and they'll drip feed the slow stuff out saying, oh, all, all the people's Mr. cancer screens, that's the cause of all the excess deaths. This, this, this just putting lies upon lies. It, it, it's, it's shocking. It, it's just, uh, I, I cannot, uh, see, Gavin, this could not have happened if we had a functioning functioning media, functioning fort estate, as they used to call it. it. This whole thing could not have happened because what you said about the masks and the bullshit back in March and April 20 would have been called out straight away. It would have been laughed out of court in the media of 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely laughed out of court. And uh, so this this wasn't possible without them. They were, they were they're being paid for the people at the top have been bought off or compromised in whatever way they've been blackmailed. I have no doubt whatsoever because they all sang for the same hymn. They all used the same phrases. As you said, they all put the same headlines up. They all said, wear your masks. It's, this, this, this didn't, didn't happen, um, you know, kind of luckily. This has been set up for a long time. Don't have any doubt about it because 
if there was one newspaper in Ireland or one radio station which had stepped out of line, this thing was dead in the water. But none of them stepped out of line. The only one to half step out of line was Kilkenny City Community Radio, and they won't even talk to me since. But I, I, I won't have a go at them because they're the ones that stood up when no one else would. Um, Patrick, it was, it was very sophisticated, and I think you're hundred percent right in everything that you said. And in um, you know, the was it the swine flu thing back in the day? It was kind of the media that shot down a lot of it. Um, I, I, there's clips going around there from ITV, and they were so critical of it. it the whole thing fell apart. They were trying to pull a stunt. Um, and I think what's happened, and I've seen some pundits say it, is that with the internet now, these legacy media are struggling to survive financially. Yep. And the government has swooped in. And people don't realise when you talk about government spending, it's not that there's some guy tapping like giving a brown envelope. It's that their their whole business model is now reliant on the state because you've got yeah. the Road Safety Authority ads, you've got the HSE ads, you've the COVID ads, you've got an ad for every far, every uh, department of the government. And that's funding the whole media apparatus and, and the local newspapers and the whole lot. And then at the same time, to give them their due, like without, I wouldn't throw everyone under the bus. There's some people that need to be thrown under the bus. The, the fear that they whipped up in people, yeah, they are only human as well. I'm not talking about the upper echelons. I'm just talking about the average. I, a lot of these people, we've seen them fainting on camera. There was a BBC journalist that passed away, I think, from the from the injections. You can, anyone can look that up, a blonde lady. That's right. Um, yeah. So, like, they, they've fallen on their own sword as well, in, in a sense. But um, at the moment, they're, they're all in complete damage control. They're all in complete, um, you know, the, the higher-ups know well now that they're after fucking up. Maybe if they didn't know from the beginning, they know now. Um, the coercion that went into it all was absolutely next level. It's not that they just brought this out and hurt a few people like the swine flu thing. It's that they literally put a metaphorical gun to people's heads right across the West um, over their jobs and everything. And the social pressures that they put in there, uh, telling people they shouldn't be invited around for the Christmas dinner if they didn't have it. And, you know, all this crazy shit so um okay, yeah that's... and just to say just before we move up we move on because this is important about the media what do you feel elon musk there at the moment he is now he's now i'm not saying i i, I you know i'm a fanboy of elon musk or whatever else but there are certain things that he's doing that i that that i really agree with like he's, he's putting the labeling on these guys um was it the the canadian thing is government funded and the npr and all this kind of stuff um, he's calling out the BBC. Um, like, is, is this going like all of these people, all of these legacy things? I can see them all. Like you said, they're all going to be. They could all be gone in five years. If you can just see, I not we're not there yet. But the likes yep. of Elon Musk is a big, a big weight there now to start saying like you're all government funded. You're paid for. Sure, he didn't uh, tell people about the risks around the vaccines. That's what Elon said. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of. Well, yeah, and I mean, then with the substack as well, like, and that. What, what's your substack, by the way, Patrick? Sorry, because I wanted uh, to ask you. It's it's a uh, letters from Desolation Row, Patrick E. Wife's substack. Stuff, good stuff. I'll get it there. I'm going to stick it up in the channel. But it'd be great to see someone like Elon come along. I know we're clinging out to straws and looking for hope, but you know, it, it there is changes happening there. There is a lot to be positive about. We're a lot further on than we were. A year uh, ago, so I, without Gavin, even I, I would say I started this in November, and um, I didn't really see any big movement. But in the last two months, I think things two, you know, maybe ten ten weeks. I think I think there's a it's like a snowball. Think things are 
moving fast. And, and as regards Elon Musk, I, I don't know much about, but all I can do is that stuff that I'm seeing and doing at the moment, all I can do is praise it and shout, shout from the rooftops that it's great stuff. I mean, I, I, there's other stuff the man talks about and it's really beyond my comprehension, this AI stuff and going to space. And, uh, but uh, I, I judge a man by his actions, the same as um, Asim Bahultra and John Campbell. Like these fellas were pushing the vaccines at the start, but they've realized they were wrong and they're big enough to come out now and turn around and change things and campaign against them. And, and you know, people, people give out about that. Look, as far as I'm concerned, what they're saying is what's important. And if they're, on, they're saying the same as I am now, then that's, that'll do me. I'm not going to start um, having a go at them about, about whatever went on in the past. But uh, the point you make about the, it's very important, Gavin, it's about the media, the way every, if you look at the TV now, it's all government ads. But I just, I, I want to read you this bit about when I was doing an article about the, my fight with the Broadcast Authority of Ireland and KCLR. Now, in April, this is April 20, this is when the lockdown started. Uh, the government come up with this scheme. This is just, you couldn't make it up. In, I'll just read you what I wrote. In April 20, sensing an opportunity, the government through the BAI stepped in with the Sound and Vision scheme, which would give up to 95,000 in funding, dependent as follows. The funding is available to cover costs directly, directly related to the aim of enhancing public awareness and understanding of the health emergency to help them raise public awareness and understanding of COVID-19. So there you are. They're the government's telling you, we will give you money if, if you do what we tell you to do. That's, they, they actually came out and said it in words. And if you remember at that time, they were saying it was going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. So they were going to give up to 95,000 for a, two weeks of uh, curve flattening, which was very generous of them. And I can understand how the likes of Casey and uh, the likes of, you know, Stepped in and I remember that there was a grant there, wasn't there? There was big grants there through the whole. Um, yeah, well, and, and they're going on everything. And you, you what, what it is, is you keep spotting their policy and they give you the money. Simple as that. Yeah, no, there's no there's no doubt about it. And um, I, I often think about it as well. Said like to Joe Duffy and people like him, he must have got mobbed with um emails and letters for people saying you know will you say this joe or will you call out that joe and i'm not picking on him you know i'm pro probably being bad now singling him out but just because of his because that was him agony and joe i can imagine he must have been bombarded with emails that they ignored someone like him i think there's a way to be that there should be a it should, it should have questions to answer and the oh, same yeah. with uh pat kenny and all of them, but but the likes of Joe Duffy there, I can I can just imagine. I, I don't need to get into his emails to know that he must have got thousands from concerned people, Mister Agony and Bleeding Heart Joe, and and not a people. Yeah, there. I mean, I I can't say like I wouldn't have listened to it, and I I, I don't watch news or listen to any of the stuff RT or any of that stuff. But I'd, I'd be well aware of what would, what would be going on and Claire Byrne and the you know Pat Kenny and Luke O'Neill. Did did. There, you know, I'm, I, I use a phrase a lot, a, a reckoning. And if it comes, when finally people accept what's, what's being done to us on a worldwide scale, there will have to be, the media will have to be taken up in front of it and they'll have to be answerable for everything that happened. And the likes of Pat Kenny and them should be sat down and told to explain why you didn't question the narrative. They don't have to explain why they didn't know what was going on. They have to explain why they didn't do their job 
and question the narrative. You always question the narrative. I was taught. I was taught in secondary school, and I didn't learn a whole lot in it. Um, I didn't have much of an interest. But I do remember distinctly them teaching us. I don't know if it was in CPSE or one of these things that the media are meant to be the watchdogs of a democracy, or do you know that they're the check on democracy? I remember that being taught that in secondary school. They completely failed. They failed in not even that they had to be on. You know, some people would try and label us as oh, we're gone too far down around the rabbit holes. All this shite. What do they have to say? But they didn't even attempt to, to give balance and did all opposing views. Uh, doctors were fecking, uh, their medical licenses were taken away. Our social media accounts were wiped out. People were deplatformed, reputations destroyed. Like, so it's, you know, there's, it's sinister. I'll just say it out. It just seems to be more sinister than that. So. It was sinister, Gavin. But the big, the big problem is people trusted the media. Because they had done a good job up to maybe 20 years ago of calling things out. Or at least, maybe, maybe we were fooled there as well. So, when the time came along, I mean, there's a certain generation, I don't know what age you are, but my age and older, and if, if it's said on RTE, oh, that's it, it's gospel. And that's, they used that, the trust, of, they betrayed the trust that the Irish people gave them. And they I did tell you. Patrick, that's what just to come in on that what you said there. Right during the, during the pandemic, there just after the rollout of the first two, I was in my friend's house, and her grandmother came in and her grandfather, and um, I I didn't want to get into it at the time. You're fighting, getting into big arguments with people, but I threw out a bone about the jabs or something like that, and um, about the pandemic, or it might have even been about the jabs. And he was exactly what you've just described there. He said, "Oh no, no." He says, "You know, in America," he said. It's exactly what he said nearly word for word. He said, you know, no, he said in America, they have, you know, they have Fox News and they have CNN and you have to nearly watch the two of them and you have to kind of work out what the truth is from the middle of it. Because nobody said in Ireland here, he said, we have RT, we have the real news here. We get the real news here. That's what he said, word for yep. word. You know, maybe a guy in his late 50s, maybe early 60s, you know, and I, I just, my heart sank. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, there's two things wrong there. You, you can you, you feel like a man that so trusting like that. It, it, that's sad. But the thing is, they, these people were betrayed. They don't have any doubt about it. And they were betrayed because RTE, Newstock, and all these people pretended they were doing the job, but they weren't doing it. And people were led to believe that they were getting the truth and there was their life, you know. If they, if they, if their grandchild sneezed on them, they could be dead in two days. You know, this is the. the I mean, there's a generation of children growing up who have had have had their life scared out. And, you know, can't visit granny. This, that, and the other. I mean, what the psychological damage of all this stuff is just. We won't know about it for 10, 15, 20 years. That's the truth. Children have been stunted, their language and their um, developmental. And do you know another one that came out there on the Irish media during the week? 15,000, is it, children uh, never went back to school after the pandemic. You know, probably some of ourselves that took them out for homeschooling and all that. But just the damage that they've done there's, that is, is untold. I, I'm looking at the time. We're going mad for time. People there, if you want to um, have a few questions, do you want to stick up your hands there fairly quick and we'll, we'll run, run through a few questions? Actually, Patricia there. Sorry, Patricia. I normally get Patricia in first. Uh, have you a few questions, Patricia? 
Uh, yeah, I just have. I just want to touch base on one there, um, Pat um, Patrick, that you just kind of highlighted. Um, you mentioned Pat O'Connor, the um, uh, Mayo coroner. Um, he he brought up he brought up on our local radio station, Midwest Radio, um, that the excess deaths that he was dealing with was twenty percent in in the section of Mayo that he was dealing with. And as you as you mentioned as well, he's dealing with that unfortunately, that young uh, boy that uh, passed away, um he's dealing with that um case and um he's asked for the for Pfizer to to appear in front of him so he can question them but i bring it i bring it up to you because he was he was interviewed live on radio by the interviewer and they basically skirt skirted around uh the actual cause they blamed everything else climate change um you know not going you know people not going you know for the cancer screening during the pandemic and all of that they basically blamed everything they could possibly blame but the the elephant in the room or the whatever um everything was blamed as a cause other than the you know the possibility that the needle craft could have been a significant uh, cause in a lot of these cases and um, now the guy, the guy is uh, bringing in Pfizer into, you know, to interview them. Um, I was just wonder, I was just wondering, um, like the, they are, they are mentioning, you know, around the country. I'm listening to different local stations. They are kind of mentioning that there is an excess death, but nobody is saying. Nobody's seen it. Has anybody approached you on the QT, you know, from, you know, maybe a coroner or, you know, somebody, you know, that says, Jesus, you know, um, my figures are correlating with yours, you know, but I'm afraid to speak out or how should I go about it? Or has anybody like spoke to you privately or, you know, professionally? No. The, the short answer is no, Patricia. But I, I did at the start, I... I won't name them to to the two main um, undertakers in Kilkenny. I contacted them with my figures and asked them to comment. And uh, obviously, I didn't want to know any names of anyone, whatever. But I just wanted to get feedback from them, and they wouldn't answer. See, it's there's, I mean, people. There's no one has come near me looking for, you know, looking for my feedback on anything, because. I, I'm a problem, Patricia. You know, I'm a problem because if 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 no one, I'm not trying to say every, every one of my figures are exactly right, but the, my trend is right. What it's speaking the truth, and no one can debunk the truth from these figures. Someone could go in and say, "Oh, you left you have two, you have four extra deaths in that month, and you shouldn't have had." Doesn't matter. These figures are speaking of excess deaths and sudden deaths on a scale never seen before. Now, no one, this, they know that for six months, no one has tried to, if, if this could be, if that figures could be debunked, it would have been done long ago. And I, you know, there'd be people laughing at me on Twitter. And there's very, there's very little of that. I, I've had one or two people make comments about it, but other than that, uh, they don't. But no one, you know, no one officially will come to me because you have to remember, Patricia, they're all complicit, as Gavin says, to some degree. And I'm not casting aspersions at Patrick O'Connor. He's standing up, but I mean, if they're if the two of them go on a radio station, and start skirting around stuff like that, you have to wonder what's going on. 
because I was someone had set me up to go on Galway BFM. Uh, some I, I won't mention his name. You probably know who he is. And it was all, it was supposed to be all set to go. Some representative was going to deal with me. He said he wanted to get he wanted to get it out there. And someone must have stepped in and said, "No, it's not going to happen." Above the Brady presenter, and so it, it's going on. This was this was a couple of months ago, and this they're still hiding because they're all in it to some degree. You know, I don't, I don't mean they're. Well, they're... I, well, I have to say, I have to say, Patrick, uh, that was kind of one thing that kind of stood up. Uh, for me as well, uh, just um, you know, when when I listened to that interview with that, uh, you know, with Undertaker, for, you know, Pat O'Connor, uh, basically, uh, you know, um, the only reason, the only reason that uh, that medical company are being requested in is because family pressure of that child, the family are yeah. absolutely adamant, and it's no other reason. He is absolutely shamed into it to bring them in. Um, yep. Because the family are adamant, they're standing their ground, and they're they're hundred percent right, and they've got the whole backing of of the area that they're in. You know, people are people are very angry, and they want they want answers. And it was skirted around several times, but they demanded that yep. this get thoroughly for their child, and they're not going to rest until it comes out that that's what killed their child. And um, it's just very sad that that this you know that this coroner was on our, our local community radio, where all the people, all the older people, all you know the people at home, you know, in the mornings are listening, are listening to this program. They're getting indoctrinated to this program, and fucking dimension every everything else but the actual. You know, like they don't even say, well, maybe the vaccine might have had something as well. Everything was mentioned. Climate change. I mean, Jesus Christ, who who on earth, who on earth would even think that somebody dies from climate change? I mean, Jesus Christ, come on, like, and uh, no, Patricia, not nothing. Patricia, doesn't that show you how desperate they're getting? I mean, it, it, it's getting out there. I, I believe there's about twenty five percent who are never going to accept what has gone on here. There is, you can. The Pope could write it down and put it in front of him, and there's another fellow who probably has a lot to answer for as well. But there's a certain percentage which will never admit what happened. There's, there's and Patrick, Patrick, before Patrick, before, because I'm kind of conscious, um, there's a few people that want to talk. This is my final question to you. Um, when you did your research in that, did you did you come up with any demographics? Was there was there a high percentage of deaths, let's say, in a certain area compared to another area? I'd be very interested in that because my firm belief is that um, these needle crafts. Uh, that had that had basically the kill shot in in them, and I use that in inverted commas. That they were they, they were kind of targeted in certain areas. Now that's just my belief. I don't know what your findings were. Uh, well, well, my I no. The short answer is I I couldn't have done that. I I that would be going into too much detail. Someone a few people have asked me that question, Patricia, and a few people had. Their reason for asking was because they wanted to connect it to five uh, G towers. Was there something you know? Was the were the people getting a reaction to stuff like that? Um, uh, as regards, uh, uh, 
the short answer is no. I haven't. I couldn't. You're Kenny's a small area, anyhow. I couldn't. But I do agree with you. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Mike, Mike Eden on this, where he said at one stage that uh, he thinks a lot of the vaccines that handed out were placebos because the certain batches are accounting for massive amount of adverse effects and deaths. And he said if there were just if just as a, a random problem, it would be even spread out around. And uh, that might account for why a lot of people have a no effect. But it's uh, it's. I think that might be when when there's a when the reckoning comes, there'll be a lot of investigation into people who died and where they were from and where they're near these towers and what what batch did they get, and uh, maybe more of them questions will be answered then. But I I think there is something to it, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. And uh, anybody there? Anybody there have a question? Can I just ask a quick one, hand? Patricia? Can I ask a quick one, Patricia? Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, um, Patrick, I'm just wondering, do you know what the rate of vaccine was for your county? Because I think it would be very interesting to do it for a county like Wexford, who are, I think, over 90% vaccinated. What do you think is the yeah, amount vaccinated well, in your county? Well, I, I'm told, uh, this fellow in, English, in England, that Cassandra's box who investigated my figures further, he said, the figure was eighty nine point nine percent for Kilkenny, which was which is actually that's high, yeah. Now I know that's high, but I think there was a lot of counties that are higher than that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Wexford, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Ireland, Ireland was highly vaxxed all, all over the place for, for the first two doses. I, I think that's accepted in Ed Dow's figures. He is a um, number of doses to population after the after the first. I think it's the first two and the booster, and it's at two hundred thirty three percent. So that shows. Did you, you get many? Did Did you get many requests, Patrick, after your um, podcasts went out with uh, all the people you did them with? Did you get many requests um, for a tutorial in how to do it? And I did, are yeah. they working away on their own? They are, uh, and a lot of people got back to me, but I made it, I made it clear to everyone. I, I sent out instructions, I, I prepared them and I sent them out to people and I explained what I did. And um, But I made it quite clear that I wasn't collating any data and uh, that, you, you know, you have to try and get it out there yourself. I actually, someone came back to me there this morning, I didn't get a chance, but himself and his son have put together a big, um, I think this for Kildare, uh, graphs and stuff like that. But the, 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 the problem is, I, I got uh, I got a lucky break in Jimmy Rattigan. Someone leaked it to Jimmy Rattigan. Other than that, I wouldn't be talking to you now. And it's quite possible this stuff wouldn't be out there now. It'd be just the likes of you and me talking in, in a restaurant saying, Jesus, I think way more people are dying than usual. Because it's, it's, not, it's still not out there on a large scale. Uh, you know, all these people, definitely 25 to 30 people got the instructions from me. And um, I know one fella up in Sligo did massive work on it. And Jerry O'Neill of the West Wake published his 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 um his figures. And uh, but it's it's very hard. To, you won't get it out there. No, no, none of your local papers will put it out there. None of your local radio people will talk about it. And and that's that's what we're dealing with. They're still putting their foot on our throat. They want us to shut up because if we talk, then they're 
complicity is out there. And it's as simple as that. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for all your work. You're welcome. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, it's important. We Black Steve has a question. It's important we keep putting the stuff out there. That's the main thing. Um, is Paddy there going to come in with a question? Isn't it? Uh, hi, yeah. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, in the last four months, I've been in France and my lifestyle has been completely different. I'm not vaccinated and I've never had COVID that I've been aware of. Um, but this last four months, I've changed my lifestyle. I'm, me I'm meeting a lot more people. I never really used to meet many people. But um, anyway, I, I decided, well, I'd meet more people. I'd go down the pub. I'd probably meet sort of anything from 50 to 100 people a week now. Anyway, the last uh, few months, the last two or three months, I've been getting very tired and, uh, you know, having to sleep an extra couple of hours a day. Well, I thought this isn't quite right, and I've started to feel a little bit dizzy. I went to the doctor tonight. The doctor says I've got a heart murmur. I personally believe this is because of shedding. I've booked in for a D-dimer test, and, um, you know, I'm personally of the belief that, uh, and, the car and the cardiologist as well, I'm of the belief that this is as a result of shedding. Um, I don't know what opinions that you have on that and whether they're, whether you know of a better test than the D-dimer. Well, I, I do have an opinion on it. I, I, think, it's, I think it's real. Uh, I, know I saw Naomi Wolf speaking about it um, and she's spoken to some experts about it and they have no doubt that it, uh, it can happen by touch, touch and skin. Um, yeah, I have no doubt that, that it can happen. And um, as regards uh, other tests, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be qualified to speak speak about something like that, uh, to say anything about it. But I, I don't I, I, I do believe I do believe um, it, it's happening. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Patty. Thanks for that, Paddy. Um, the black sheep there, we'll just let him in. Or in. Have you a question there, black sheep? Hello? Hi, we can hear you Hello? there. Oh, good. Yeah, you can hear. Yes, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to respond to Patricia. I live in Dublin 14, which is a highly conservative area of South Dublin. And I noticed a huge amount of elderly people who were vaccine damaged, but not terribly badly. Um, limping, using walkers, stuff like that. And I do think that areas were targeted, perhaps, say, up the pharmaceutical use in certain areas and do away with others. What do you think? Patricia, do you want to answer that? I think that was addressed to you. It was. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not an expert. I was only asking uh, Patrick. I, per, I personally oh. believe myself. I personally believe myself 
that um that there was batches that were that were panned out in certain areas uh, to reduce the population. That's just my personal belief. Um, when you, yeah, Patricia, when you say areas, that's you what mean? I'm saying. Is is that in the area I live in, I feel that the batch was simply to promote pharmaceutical use, like painkillers and remedies by pharma for for elderly people. There, there was there was no great drop. There, I lived near a church. There was no huge use for funerals, you know. Um, so I feel that my area, yeah, people were targeted just mildly, just for a little bit of kickback for the pharma in terms of remedy, but there was no intention to do away with people here. That's my thing. When I know people who live in North County Dublin, they just, just heard the incessant sound of sirens up around the matter and stuff you know that's all that's all i have to say thank you for a fantastic conversation thank you thank you for your point uh, i think that's a good point i mean people's people know their own local areas i mean that's a good point you make about you you don't hear the sounds in one locality but you're hearing them in another and that's that's important stuff to remember i mean i, I don't know whether they, they could specifically get certain batches into into specific areas. I presume they could, but the, but the, the point is. Patrick, I noticed that too. I said it a few times on the chats that we have here. I live in Leakslip and I don't see an excess of funerals around the place. And when I check RIP, I, I kind of do for the county just to see um, all the towns in County Kildare. And then I, and I noticed that Leakslip doesn't have many. But there have been, uh, there have been a few died suddenly. But they're kind of more elderly, so people wouldn't notice if an elderly person dies suddenly, even though they weren't sick and they were healthy enough and they had no disease. They still die suddenly, and people don't pay any attention. But I, I have noticed that what that lady was talking about. I don't think they've targeted my area, my town in particular. But I notice I'm uh, from all the chats we've had here on off grid. I've heard other people say that there are a lot in their towns, funerals every day of the week and all that sort of thing. Uh, Patrick, can I can I just can I just uh, follow through on Finn's on Finn's um, comment there? Um, my, my son my son works over in Castlebar, and where where we live is an hour away. So at night time at eleven o'clock, I I'd have to go over and collect him from work. And one night one night, um, I travelled over there and I counted four ambulances, uh, meeting me on the road. Uh, with with their with their lights on now they weren't flashing or sirens going but you know they had them switched on and 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 literally when I was going the other way I met three and that is huge huge yeah. and every day and night every day and night on the road I'm meeting ambulances 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 the whole time yeah well where I work in Kilkenny is on uh, the main Waterford Road which links up with the motorway and the ambulances you could have three or four a day and uh that's that, that's not an exaggeration uh it's just now i know if they're in a hurry to get into the southern part of the county they're going to use the motorway okay that's fair enough 
but I'm just uh, I, I see uh, maybe that's why Kilkenny death rates seem a bit higher but um, uh, I, I never really thought about it like that maybe I was too, just too focused on Kilkenny but uh, that, that's important things to remember as well I mean I think I think it will it'll, it'll all come out in the long run because once people accept what has happened you'll have you'll have better people than me digging deeper into the figures and where people died from and the people will be paid to spend their day at it and um, I'm sure you could find traces of stuff. I mean, if someone went down to figures and started, first of all, saying, did they die at home? Did they die in the hospital? Did they die in a nursing home? There's three things you could split it down straight away. Then you could say, were they in the town, city, town, rural, or whatever? And um, that, that's a lot of work. But I, I'm sure there, was trend, there would be trends that would come up. I just there um, on that, Patrick, as well, I want to, because we're still recording, I should have actually knocked it off, but I just wanted to say, it, it's, it is unnoticeable to a certain extent as well, do you know what I mean? Because like you, when you give the, the differences in some of the, the figures, it's only like 30 or 40 deaths, but when yeah. it's put into the figures, that's huge, you know what I mean? It's, it's you know, when, it, when, it's, when, it's, uh, when you put it against the five-year moving average or the average, it's 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 something you know so that's the, that's it's, the problem it's, that, like, it's a percentages it, you have to remember it's a massive amount of people it's a massive amount of, amount of families suffering and grief and you know probably never recovering you know it's easy to talk about 20 percent or whatever and people saying ah it's not too much but even like 20 percent in kenny for in nine months was 180 extra deaths okay so that's maybe what that's 240 in a year if you multiply that by how many is in a family how many people are just in one year i'm talking about extra debts and you then extrapolate that out for ireland and the world i mean it just it's staggering what's going on yeah yeah it's absolute madness and we're going to have we'll just take one more question then and we'll wrap up the podcast then uh johnny cage there have you a question You there, Johnny? Hello. Hello. Sorry, I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. Well, we can hear you, Johnny. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Hello. Go ahead, Johnny. We can hear you. Go ahead. Johnny, are you there? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, Patrick, that's brilliant. Um, which look, we cover loads of stuff there, so we're after going a mile over time, but sure, I might, it won't matter Gavin, anyway. Gavin, can I just finish up with one thing that I uh, just take a minute to say, and you can, you can wrap it up then. That just something came to my attention there in the last day or two, and um, I'm sure you're, you're all aware of back in the 60s, the, the milligram experiments were done in Yale. This is where the man. Uh, had two had people given um, electric shocks to other people and he kept told, telling them to do it and people kept going ahead and giving electric shocks even when they thought it was going to kill people uh, it's the milligram experiments now he found out that 65 percent of people would keep going pressing pressing the button even though they could have killed the electric shock could kill people now the thing about those experiments he changed the variables now and again sometimes he did it in Yale, sometimes he do it in the old warehouse. The point of the experiment was to see 
the effect of authority and how it affected how people reacted. And he came up with 65%. But I want you to, I want you to hear this one. There was one time he did, what he did was, of all, he had the people who were uh, pressing the buttons, one person was told to get up and, and disobey the order. And when that person got up and disobeyed the order, 90% of the people followed him. In other words, they were waiting for someone to lead them. Now, it just takes an ordinary person. Uh, what I would call someone doing that is a, a disobedience modeler. Just say, just stand up and say, I'm going to be that person. And people will follow you. You'll get, you they'll see your strength and you'll get strength from it. And, and it, like people always talk about the experiment, or oh, 65% of people would electrocute someone else. The other side of it is the important one. 90% will follow someone with the guts to get up there. And that's what we need in, in Ireland at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And I, I, I'm aware that that experiment exactly. Um, it's, it's one more to remember. And um, thanks a million for coming on and sharing the, the story. And surely you'll come on in the future and, and give us an update, will you? I will. No problem at all, Gavin. I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much. The night, the evening flew. Thanks, million. Thanks, Patrick. You're great. Thank you. It was lovely hearing you. Thanks a lot, Fanula. Thanks, Patricia. And uh, I'll talk to you again.